Our reading from Job just makes me a little bit giddy tonight. It's one of these passages that if you haven't read it before or haven't encountered it in a long time, you just start to chuckle a little bit because it really is kind of funny. You see, this is the first time that God is speaking to Job in 35 chapters of whining and complaining and wailing and crying and gnashing of teeth. Um, the first, three chapter, first two chapters of Job, God and Job are in conversation back and forth, and then all of a sudden God is silent. God doesn't say a single word as Job has conversations with others in his midst and going back and forth and just pondering his own thoughts and getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the black hole that he is creating for himself. Oh, woe is me. And so finally, finally, God speaks up and comes out of a whirlwind. And so this is magnificent. This is powerful. This is mighty, showing all of what God has to Job. And he says, Who is this that darkness counsels by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. So, we know that there are two ways to interpret that gird up your loins. Gird up your loins, you're getting ready to go into battle, you need to be fierce, you need to be ready, you need to go, you should have carbo-loaded, you're going to fight. And the second is gird up your loins to be fully prepared, to be fully present, and to acknowledge where you are right now. It's the second one that God is asking Job to do. God begins a series of questions, and as Elizabeth was reading it for us tonight, I almost kind of felt like I heard my mom in her voice saying, now, do you know how all of this happened? Can you give me the answers to all these questions? Remember, I gave birth to you, and I, I know all this stuff. That's what I kind of felt like I heard from God. God giving Job all of these questions. And some people might say that it was being punitive. Some might say that this is that wrathful, vengeful God putting it to Job, saying, you've complained all this time, and now I'm going to get you. But we have to remember that the book of Job is a wisdom book. It is a book in which we are educated by. And these questions not only help educate Job, but they help educate us. And so he, he's asking all these questions in this whirlwind so that Job begins just an inkling, the teeny tip of your pinky finger, of an understanding of how powerful and all-knowing and omnipotent that God is. You see, this whirlwind expresses the breadth and the depth and the height and the, just the, the magnitude of who and what God is. And so I think Job begins, and there's a whole series of other questions that are after this passage, so I implore you to go to your Bible and continue to read all the other questions. But 
it begins to sink into Job that, huh, perhaps my suffering is not one, the only suffering that's happening, but perhaps my suffering is part of something greater, something beyond my understanding, something that, yes, I have no control over, but it's part of something more. I am something more than, I'm just not me here, siloed all by myself, but I'm with the greater, the whole. Then move to James and John in our gospel reading. And they too are almost like little kids, teenagers, however you want to put it. Jesus, you're going to do whatever I ask of you. Because I'm going to throw a temper tantrum if I don't get it. We want to sit on your right hand and we want to sit on your left hand. We want to be so close, we're going to just be right here. And Jesus says, huh. Do you know what you're asking? Do you know what you're doing? And he finally tells them, if you want to be first, you must be last. You must be servant of all. And you must give your, your life for this. Yes, there were two that sat next to Jesus up on the cross, but it wasn't James and John. They were asking something that they didn't quite understand yet what they were asking for. They didn't understand the magnitude of what they were asking. They just wanted to be right there. It's like my son, he's the, I'm starting to call him the barnacle. He's right there, always by my side. And then in the psalm, O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Hallelujah. Putting all of this together, just for me, reminds me the magnitude of God in this world. That all of these parts and pieces and people and ideas and things, creatures great and small, are all, are all part of this wonderful creation that we have no great understanding of, not yet. That's why we're on this journey together, seeking and searching and praying and hoping and asking for God's wisdom to be bestowed upon us. We might be experiencing suffering, we might be experiencing joy, and we might go, why does this happen to us? Either way, why are we so lucky to experience this joy and happiness and love in our life? And why are we tasked with understanding the suffering and experiencing it? Do I believe God intends for us to experience pain? No. I believe God holds us and walks with us through that pain. That pain happens because we are human. That pain happens because we love. That pain happens because we live. It's not God going, ah, oh, I'm going to get you. No. And so that we have greater wisdom and understanding of our faith in this life and God's journey for us. And sometimes I am struck by how we as humans 
cannot understand that and cannot understand our place as being human. We have great power in this world. Power with what we look like, power with our words, power with our money, power with almost everything about us. And yet we still want more. What if we just decided to be human? What if we just decided to rest in our humanness, in our brokenness, in our frailty, and just allow God to be present? God to show us the way so we can be open to God's wisdom in this world and in this life. see this whirlwind that Job experienced. And these whirlwinds come in and out of our lives so many different ways. For me, growing up on the Gulf Coast and experiencing hurricanes, there's something about that whirlwind. It comes in fierce and ferocious, the rain, the wind, everything being blown around and away. And for the days leading up to that storm, and in the midst of that storm, the sky is a mess. But as soon as it passes, and if you've ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. Hurricane sky, post-hurricane sky, is the most beautiful. It's crystal blue. There's a freshness about the air. There's a coolness. There's a breeze. And it's as if God has cleansed that space, rid it of all of the darkness and the hurt and the pain, but unfortunately there's still darkness and hurt and pain left after that whirlwind passes. But I think what we experience is hope hope in the midst of all of it. So when you might feel like Job, and you're questioning God, and you're not hearing anything back, be on the lookout for that whirlwind. Be open to God's message to you. Be open to God's questions to you and of you. And perhaps don't answer back. Don't try to come up with an answer. But just rest in God's word. And let that wisdom and love surround you, support you, and uplift you. And if we can get that much of it, then we're on the right track. Amen.